0: coming to you with the second episode of this week this week um i'm trying to focus a little bit on climate change because i know there's a lot of things going on with climate change um but to be fair i do have an episode coming up on friday that i do have a rebuttal for on monday so are kind of a rebuttal for it's a little bit different um but i all these views on these podcasts on these podcast episodes are not necessarily my view but i think it's important that we inform um the community as a whole and let you guys make your own decisions this particular episode i'm chatting with ea she is a (laughs) major um writer and she's a nuclear engineer so you can imagine what her writing is all about so i hope you enjoyed this episode Come join Melissa and her guests on the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast. From North Carolina, this podcast will have you feeling like you've known these folks for years. Listen in as they chat about life, culture, current events, and more, all with a special Southern flair. Curl up with your favorite beverage and get ready to be entertained. Tune in now for a unique experience that's fun and insightful. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, You know the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting about climate change with this amazing author, She, the author of The Silent Count. Now, EA, I love that. And I love your book too. You hold your book up. EA. So tell us first who you are, and then we'll talk a little bit more about why you decided to write the book and everything else. But just give us a little intro about who you are.
1: Thank you, and um, Melissa. Thank you for having me on the show. I uh, I'm E. A. Smeraldo, and I am author of Southern Count. Um, I live in the Washington D.C. area. I was born in Washington D.C., so I've been here for most of my life, with a, a couple of a couple of uh, uh forays into other other places. Um, I uh, have. Uh, this is actually. One of a few side hustles I have writing, Uh, I'm also a musician and I am an engineer professionally. I'm a nuclear engineer. So uh, a lot of my influences get uh, mixed up into my writing. So I I write what I know, what can I say?
0: Nuclear engineer. You don't see a lot of women in the nuclear engineer field. What made you go into that field?
1: Love. (laughs) I'm one of those geeky people who, the, it was love at first sight with the atom and uh, learning about that in school and subatomic particles. And I was all in, but you know, now actually there's, there's probably more now, although there's still few, but um, I understand that uh, I believe Miss America this year is a nuclear engineering student at university of Wisconsin. Oh, so wow. uh, yeah, I think she, and she um, is very interested in uh, zero carbon and smart, smart, uh, young person. And I was so excited to see that. I can't imagine. I I'm was
0: definitely excited to see that. I mean, I know as a mom of three girls, one of my daughters is getting her PhD in environmental toxicology. So environmental health. So I was super excited. I have a science one. I have a creative one. And then I have one that loves to bake. So I have all the best of all worlds with all three of my girls.
1: Oh, wow. So, That's a great combination. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're a nuclear engineer. You said you were also a magician, a uh, musician, not a magician. <laughs> you're a magician when you're writing. I wish. <laughs> um, so what made you decide to, okay, I'm going to start writing?
1: So um, I was inspired by literally the first page of my nuclear engineering textbook, which said, and I, I'm uh, paraphrasing, but it, it literally said, you can use nuclear nuclear explosives, nuclear weapons for peaceful applications, including things like building harbors, extracting oil from shale, and uh, eliminating certain mountain ranges to create more favorable weather patterns. And and this was a long time ago when I was, you know, when I was a student, and I thought, why hasn't anyone alerted the media? Not that I believed anyone should be really doing this because that's a crazy idea, <laughs> but um, you know, with, with climate change in the news, I thought someone's got to write a crazy science fiction, not hold that past this as the premise. Uh, nobody did. So I thought, well, I guess I'm going to have to step up. So that's, that was the genesis of um, my book.
0: And so how long did it take you to write The Silent Count?
1: I was writing on and off for, for some years. I, I did take a break I, I wrote a screenplay at one point and got it optioned with a small company called x-ray media. Uh, I thought my ship had come in and unfortunately it did it didn't go anywhere but um you know it kind of created a monster and I thought I better get this novel written so I can uh, move forward. I think it's easier to get a novel published than it is to get a, <laughs> a movie made so um so that was that's exactly what happened then I got back to it and uh, I sent it out to I finish it sent it out to a bunch of publishers, got rejected by 10 million publishers. Uh, and then I went back to the drawing board, did a lot of editing, worked with some beta readers, sent it out again, and, and found a home at um, Solstice Books, which is my publisher. So they, Solstice Pub, Solstice Publishing. So they picked it up, and I, I'm delighted to be part of their roster. They've got lots of great authors, and I'm happy to be on, among them.
0: I mean, first of all, you talk about climate change, because it's also a very controversial subject, but your genre, I wrote it down somewhere now, I can see if I can find it, is a clifi, a climate change fiction, which I absolutely love that new word. So why were you interested? I know you said the, the start of your, new, your textbook was what got you interested, but why are you interested in climate change?
1: Well, you know, there's there's a lot of great cli, cli-fi out there, for sure. Um, and everyone, you know, everyone has a point of view. I, I find that I read a lot of eco-thrillers, and a lot of them have this similar trajectory, like they believe that, um, you know, everyone's got to just get rid of their car. Everyone's got to, you know, fall into line and just have only renewable power and, which you know as we are at the moment uh as as great as renewables are they are not going to be the answer because you know when the wind dies down or the sun dies down you have no power so um you know we we have some work to do technologically speaking and uh and and you know you wonder is is there another way of looking at this is there another way so I wanted to look at this in a, in a different way in my, my work now granted the answer is not blowing up a mountain range that's used satirically right. to kind of point out some some truths uh, but you know the questions we have like um, should we make everybody ride their bike to work you know my 90 year old dad he's not going to be riding his bike anywhere anytime right. soon you know um, should we completely cut off um, fossil fuels? Well, what about these countries where that's their only economic source of power? You know, what can be done? Maybe there's a carbon capture mechanism that we need to explore. Maybe, you know, there are people that are working on ways of extracting um, carbon dioxide from the air and storing it. So there there are a lot of things that I think we haven't even thought of that I I have every faith that the younger generation is is definitely um Filled with a lot of smart young people and ambitious young people, I'd like to think that, as time goes on, just as in the past, you know, we'll come up with some kind of a solution for it. So my novel kind of explores things, but it's not from the usual. Well, the answer is everyone's got to hold hands and, uh, you know, live in a live in a hut somewhere with no electricity. That I don't think that's the answer, and I, I don't think most people feel that way. That's just my view. I know some people would like that, and I respect um, everyone's view, but uh, I, I have a slightly different view.
0: I love that you have a slightly different view, but you respect other people's view. I think that has a lot to do with how we need to work as a society to respect each other's views and each other's viewpoints and to listen, because I think we're so caught up in what we think that we don't listen to what others are saying.
1: Yes, yeah, for sure. So we I, um, I, and in Washington, you know where I live. <laughs> it's uh even more of a it becomes even more magnified this uh the differences but i know that's everywhere yeah. nowadays yeah but more
0: so in washington i totally get it <laughs> yeah. no. so we need to take a brief commercial break and we'll be right back chats from the blog cabin Hit subscribe. and don't, don't miss, miss the next it episode, it. episode. Chats from the blog cabin.
1: Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now.
0: Hey, y'all! It's Melissa coming to you from the blog cabin to chat about for a few minutes. One of my favorite conferences are coming is coming up. It's called the Rise Up Christian Parenting Conference. Whether you feel like you've blown it as a parent or you're not sure how to navigate the next season of parenting, or you have non-Christian family or friends telling you how to raise your kids, I don't know how many times I got that, or you simply want to be challenged, encouraged, inspired, and equipped to be the best parent you can be, and the Rise Up Parenting Conference is one that you won't want to miss. The conference runs from March 14th through the 16th, but grab your free ticket by the 13th, so on the 14th, you're ready to go. And the conference runs from 10 to 2 every day. But don't worry, if you can't make it from 10 to 2, you can always catch the replays later in at your own time. So this is one conference that I highly recommend that you check out. Plus it's free. How many times do you have a free conference? I will put in the show notes where you can find it. Be blessed. And we are back chatting with EA. EA, you wrote the book, The Silent Count, which is based on inspired by your real textbook and valid science. And let's talk about valid science. Why is it based on valid science?
1: The science is real, you know, as I said, it was in the first page of the book and, um, you know, you. I think, you know, they actually did do certain applications of uh, nuclear weapons back in the day. This was part of, in the United States, it was called Project Plowshares and it was um, spearheaded by uh, President Eisenhower and they, they had really considered these matters and things like uh, nuclear powered planes and nuclear powered cars, that was all part of this program. Uh, You know, I think some things were more thought experiments, Uh, but you know, in in Russia and the Soviet Union, they actually did use, um, you know, they used nuclear weapons to create artificial lakes, for example, I believe in Kazakhstan. And some people have said that the reason why India has nuclear weapons is because they exploited this uh, possibility. They, um, you know, they, it, it, the nonproliferation treaty was written in such a way that they talked about nuclear weapons, but a nuclear explosive is not necessarily a nuclear weapon. So uh, they they um, actually worked, I believe, with the Russians to talk about this uh, peaceful use. So there's some, um, you know, there, this was a this was a really considered something that we should do back in probably like the 50s time frame, before I think we got a grip. <laughs> um, but anyway, in the in the novel, as I said, it's it's um it's a real concept. And it's the novel set slightly in the future. And they decide to uh there's a young woman who's a nuclear engineer who's the lead character, her name's Dara. And she has her PhD thesis, and this was her thought experiment. This is what she did her thesis on. And things get so bad with the environment, there's wildfires everywhere, there's uh, you know, floods and terrible things are happening. So the government decides that they might want to try her solution. So they that's what happens. And it's a thriller, so as you can imagine, all that has to break loose.
0: What's the one thing I know when people hear because most of the time when you hear the word nuclear, you think the bomb and you think all these destructive things. What's the one thing that you can because you said you fell in love with it. Um, What's the one thing that you can share with people so they're not so afraid of anything that pertains to the word nuclear?
1: Oh, well, nuclear power. I I know that people think of Chernobyl uh, or Fukushima in Japan or some of these um, accidents, Three Mile Island, although Three Mile Island was not to be compared to Fukushima or there, there actually weren't the levels of there weren't any any big releases into the environment or appreciable ones. Um, but uh, you're right, people are concerned. And these Plants and especially the new ones that are coming online, uh, and these new small modular reactors that have been licensed very recently—the designs of the design certification was done by Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Um, these are much safer, and um, you know who knows what the future holds. We're even talking about fusion. You know, I'm seeing that in my consulting work. Uh, Fusion—you um, know—will take some time to come online, but fusion has no. No waste, no nothing like that, and can operate safely. I mean, as I said, there's some time before it can be commercially viable, but you know, it's it's much closer than it ever was. Um, As far as things like nuclear waste, you know, other countries uh, recycle their waste, including India, which I believe has done it since 1964. You know, the United States, we we for proliferation reasons, we we don't do that, and that's why we have this question, and that's why uh, politically, um, you know, we don't have a, a long-term repository to store the waste. But um, countries like you know Finland, uh, Sweden, France, Russia, China, I believe they all have either repositories or are in close to building them. So, you know, there's um, there's a big international effort with uh, nuclear energy and we cooperate with many countries. That used to be my my job a few years ago when I did used to work for the government. Um, but yeah, there's there's uh there are a lot of people working in this field who believe in it and believe in safety. Safety is first, always, foremost. And uh, yeah, it's much safer than it ever was. You know, Fukushima was not say something bad happened. Yes, but. Um, when you really look at that, you know, they've really looked at that accident. And, you know, you come to find that the Japanese, uh, they didn't put their diesel engines or backup engines high enough. So unfortunately, they got covered with this, the major massive tsunami. They mm-hmm. could have, um, some say that they could have predicted that that tsunami could have done that, and they should not have had them so low. for example. So there, there's a lot of there are a lot of people working on this that I think um, it's just bringing it closer and closer to uh, greater safety every day.
0: Well, you just said the, the word predicted, because a lot of people, a lot of scientists are predicting climate change, like our planet's going to be, can only be inhabitable to, I forget what year it is. So let's talk about climate change and
1: the predictions of those. Well, I, I, I don't, I'm not a sky-is-falling climate change person. i I've, mm-hmm. I've not, I've never been. I I think that we're very adaptable as a species. I think also, um, you know, the the earth is very adaptable as well. You know, you find a lot of, uh, when you have a lot of carbon dioxide, you do have more uh, greenery that comes up because they, that's just the way uh, the balance of nature works. That's not to say that... Um, we don't have a problem because I believe, I believe we do. I, as I said, I'd like to think technology is the way forward, you know, that, that we should be able to come up with something. You know, we put someone on the moon, we developed a nuclear weapon. We've been, we've been able to do these things in fairly short order. It's the political will has to be there. You know, the, there's gotta be a lot of funding. Um, You know, I don't think it's, it's, useful to say, well, everybody in this state has to have an electric vehicle by this date and then not have enough charging stations for the vehicles. Oh I mean, I don't understand. There, there's no plan. And, um, you know, the market is, is part of the issue, you know, the, the free market, and which we have in the United States, which I think is one of the reasons why we've been able to overcome so many things. Um, but it, it is a little, um, you know, it, it, it's one of the reasons why uh, we don't have a lot of nuclear power plants because they wanted to build more. But the, um, regardless of any, any safety considerations, the reason why we don't, I believe, is because natural gas prices about 10 years ago or so got so low that it just became economically unfeasible to try something different. But you know that's where I think that's where I think that we need a little bit more of an intervention, um, something to make sure that we have backup systems. You know, people want to build all these solar solar power uh, powered um, plants and windmills and all these things, but we have to remember, you know, you need those batteries, which are using minerals, which most of the minerals are run by the Chinese, the other governments. And do we want to have to rely on on that? You know, we have to really think hard about, you know, where we want to go. And that's where the political will comes in. And I think um, a, a lot of people are trying to use this issue to create wedges, to just not come up with a solution just mm-hmm. to cause rights. And I, I just I think people I I would hope that um, more facts are out there that's another thing. Then there's people on the other side that, that the sky is falling and we're going to die. You know, mm-hmm. We're not going to die. We're, we have time. We just need, you know, we need to be smart about
0: that. And then there's some that think there's no climate change at all.
1: Right. And then and there's the happening. climate change deniers. And, and in my novel, um, there are some people who are climate change deniers who uh, are on the payroll of people who, um, you know, it benefits them to deny the climate change, but you know we we need to, to think about it because do we want to decimate entire industries? Is that is that right? Maybe maybe there are some industries that do need to go away. However, is there a way that we can use fossil fuels and capture carbon? For example, is there? I mean, maybe there's a really good technical solution out there that hasn't been hasn't been developed yet. I know people are working on it, but I you know we we just as I said. We can't just say all or nothing. I think we have to, um, you know, really, really parse out what the options are, which ones are, you know, which ones we are closest to, which ones can are realistic, which ones need a certain amount of work. I, I, I know that, I know people in government. It, there's a there's a massive number of people working at that Department of Energy, and um, you know, for the International Energy Agency. My my hope is that they um, I know they, they have people that are working on this, but there's it, it, it boils down to what do the people want because they're the ones that put the people in power that can, you know, enact the financing for all that.
0: That's so true. And let's talk about the politicians. Yeah, that's normally a hotbed topic when you go into a political year. It's, it's that, it's taxes, and it's normally like Social Security, health benefits. That's normally the but let's talk about what we can do at the polls to help with the climate change.
1: Um, Yeah, see, this is where it gets difficult because as I said, there's a lot of all or nothing folks out there. There's one side that just says, well, everyone's got to ride the bike. You know, <laughs> you can't even ride a car anymore, you know, there, or you have to have an electric vehicle by this particular year. Okay, that's fine. But, but put their feet to the fire and say, well, what is your plan for the charging stations? And what is your plan for our electricity? The electricity bill's skyrocketing. Is that going to happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it could. You know, they're already high enough as it is. If you're charging your car all night long, you know, there's that issue as well. Um, so there, there's there's that aspect. I think that uh, people need to really get in there and say, well, what about this you know if they start talking about all these electric vehicles what about the the minerals we need for the the batteries how what is our plan to work with this country or that country why don't we have enough mines for this because mm-hmm. compared to some other countries we don't is that going to create another dependence for energy which we don't don't want you know we we fought mm-hmm. over that if in other for fossil fuels so we you know, there's a lot that we have to, it's a, It's not just, unfortunately, so many people want to make this a simple problem. You know, a lot of politicians, especially, they want people to think, well, you know, it's it's not real and that's it, you know, just live your life and, you know, that's all. But, and then, and then, and then there's a lot of false stuff going on too, as you know, there's a lot of people trying to sell a product, um, you know, selling something that they claim is made of recycled materials. And you come to find out that it's maybe 5% recycled materials. (laughs) And then they, they then it's greenwashing.
0: One of the things that your, um, your publicist sent to me was a question about art or technology. Which one do we use to get through to people to talk to about climate change?
1: Yes, this is a theme in the novel, because Dara's ex is a musician and he ends up getting very successful at uh, at his music. Um, and they have sort of a push pull between them. And first of all, Dara has to see him everywhere. You know, imagine you have your ex and he starts to become like world famous and you have to see him on the side of a bus everywhere you go. So poor Dara has to experience this. Um, but meanwhile, you know, she believes that Good science is the way to go, and uh, and Jericho, her ex, who's a musician, believes that uh, music is an art is how you get through to people. Um, I, I think that art reaches more people. Quite frankly, I think we've always, you know, when you look at cave paintings, you know, they were trying to telegraph something very important when they drew that mastodon on the cave. <laughs> so um, I, I like to think that, um, you know, art and, and by art, I of course mean fiction or music or movies, especially movies. So many people are, uh, especially younger people, they can recite the movie completely from start oh. to finish. Um, it, it it really um, shows that, that that gets through to people. So I, I'd like to think that that art is probably the, the key, but then you've got to have science to show where, how you are going to get there?
0: Yeah. That is so true. Now you just said in the book, um, the main character's is ex-boyfriend is a musician. Did you kind of base that you're loving music and you being a musician on that character?
1: Yes. In fact, um, there are some song lyrics in the book. And when I was, younger I had a band. I um, so the songs are are real and you can actually listen to some of them on my YouTube channel. So if you just look up EA Smaraldo on YouTube, you'll you'll find them. But yes, uh, those are real songs and um Jericho is kind of a punkish rock musician. The Washington DC area has a, a very wonderful music scene and it it has since the beginning of time. I mean, I think um, Oh, who's that great guitar player? Roy Clark is from the Washington, D.C. area. Like people you wouldn't even think of. You know, Chuck Brown is from there. Count Basie is is from the region. I think he's from Baltimore. So um, anyway, there's there's a lot of great music in the Washington area. So I kind of uh, use my background. You know, there's, there's some scenes where they're backstage. And, um, you know, I have one scene where she looks up and there's a ceiling fan and this it's sort of hanging by a wire and that i really did play at a club where there was a ceiling fan that it just looked like it was about to go and chop everyone's head off so yeah a lot of it's based on reality so
0: jericho is based on you being a musician but the main character is based on you as being so you basically put yourself all
1: throughout this book correct Oh, I, I wish I was like my characters. I think Jericho is more like some guys I knew. He's um, just a good guy, you know, uh, a really good guy who wants to do the right thing, but it just doesn't always seem that way. You know, he's, he's got a, he's starting at label and he's starting to get successful, but, you know, he, he just doesn't know what he's doing because everything is new. Um, So I, I, I had a really good friend who um, my band was on this person's label. So I think in a lot of ways there I might have used him as a as an inspiration for the Jericho character. But the music is is definitely uh, I guess I kind of was breathing into (laughs) breathing into the character, the songs. Yeah, because you
0: don't see a lot of science fiction, you said climate fiction, cli-fi. that has art in it so i love how you integrated the two together and how you actually can say hey go to my youtube and you can actually hear the songs i mean a lot of people wouldn't think to carry it that far
1: yeah i i just i just have a vivid imagination (laughs) but yeah thank you
0: i just love that you have a vivid imagination now is there any more books you think in you or do you think that's you're going to be one and done or do you think there's got more
1: uh, you know, I am working on a sequel to The Silent Count, Silent yes. Count 2. I don't know what the name is going to be yet. Uh, I actually, you know, I wrote a first chapter and it won a prize oh, <laughs> in a in a short story contest. So um, if people want to see it, it's uh, it's called Diamonds. I think if you put E. smaraldo" and the word diamonds together in Google, you'll find it. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yes. Um, so you'll get a sense of it's two years into the future because uh, anyway, the characters will come back. There's going to be some saving of the world that needs to be done, perhaps. <laughs> we'll, you'll see. So yes, there there will be a sequel.
0: I just have to get cracking get cracking between your time how do you find time to write because you obviously have a very busy life with being a musician and, and a nuclear engineer and everything else but how do you find time to write
1: uh it's well i was on a, an airplane recently <laughs> and that there was a, a rather long flight so i got to you know, do some writing. Um, I will be on a plane pretty soon. I, I'm going to be signing books, by the way, for anyone who's in the LA area. I'll be signing books on Sunday, April 23rd, at the LA Times Festival of Books. So please uh, come and check it out. From I think it's from like 1 to 3 p.m. But um, <laughs> so yeah, writing on on airplanes is a is a big help. Uh, yeah, and just you know, anytime you you find yourself just waiting for something doctor's office well i guess now with telehealth there's, there's not as many doctors offices. offices
0: but i would think that would be you must really get in the groove and be able to put everything down because that to me that would be so frustrating like you're in the middle of something and oh it's time to the board and you're like what i can't get off the plane now i gotta finish writing <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: right or the you know the baby in front of you is crying I think I I I don't know I I get distracted by the babies though they're so cute and they just want to play so I guess being easily distracted actually helps a writer you know because then you see something that um, hey you know that might be an interesting tangent to write about or something little little storyline to to stick in there so So you just it helps to be just have your radar you know open and. To be ready to um, just to take in whatever's around you, I think that, that helps with writing. So,
0: when do you think this book will come out, though? The, the, sequel. the sequel?
1: Oh gosh, um, my dream would be next summer, but next summer is fast approaching. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. <laughs> that's my dream. So I, uh, I wish I could tell you, um, certain maybe by the by before the end of the year for sure.
0: Oh wow. We've got a lot of writing and a lot of plane trips to go on then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so our time is almost up. Is there one last little nugget that you want to leave us with? Um that you want people
1: to know. Mm, uh well, I want to also mention that my book is v- not just science, you know, it's it's meant to keep you up at night and be very entertaining. There's a love story in it. Uh there's uh As I said, all hell breaks loose. It is a thriller. So I I think there's a lot in here. My, you know, everyone from, I mean, certainly a lot of, a lot of female readers like it, but my 89 year old cousin really liked it too. So you never know. You never know. And you can get that book on
0: Amazon. And where else can you get it besides Amazon?
1: Um, It's on barnesandnoble.com. If you live in the DC area, it's at Politics and Prose Bookshop. Uh, it's on bookshop.org. So there's a few places where you can buy it. Um, and you can find me on, you know, certainly Instagram, uh, Facebook, all those. Twitter. I have a very active Twitter account. Um, just and, and YouTube. You know, just look up EA smeraldo and you'll find me.
0: Yeah, I am definitely going to put in the show notes your YouTube channel so people can go and check out the videos of you. <laughs> um of the songs in the book. Okay. That will not only would the say, wait a second, I've may, maybe not read the books, but I like this song. Maybe I need to read the books now. All right, maybe the other way around. I read the books, now I want to hear the song. So
1: Thank you. do you
0: think your second book's gonna have more music in it, more songs?
1: Um maybe I'm not sure. I have to I have to give it some thought. I do have other songs that I could put in it. Uh yeah the, you know with the second book it, it helps to sort of like to focus on something a little different just so it's not a carbon copy of the first Mm -hmm. so i am thinking about it
0: i just cannot wait for the second one to come out especially i want to see how long it takes you to write it and how long and (laughs) other challenges because there has to be challenges when you're writing Yes. You know, your work comes in first, your work, your main job, the one you get paid for the most, that comes into play. And I'm sure my family, you know, family, yeah, I mean,
1: my, and my dear, have, my dear man upstairs, <laughs> your cat. Cause we talked about your cat yeah, before you came on. She's been very good. Actually.
0: I've seen her walking a couple of times in the background, but Yeah. <laughs> So I want to thank you, EA, for coming on and for sharing about your book and about getting us excited about reading this book and not only that, getting the conversation talking about climate change and nuclear. anything dealing with the word nuclear. like Because I think you were able to show us that um, it, as long as there's safety protocols, it is safe to use. Yes. And guys, once again, her book is The Silent Count and you can get it on Amazon and she's at Barnes and Noble, all the other places, but I have the Amazon link up and it's a thriller. It's a cli-fi. I, I have to think about it. It's a climate change thriller. So I love that. And thank you so much EA for coming on and for sharing.
1: Thank you so much. I, I greatly, this was great, great fun.
0: So guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere you can find EA as well as checking out her YouTube channel. Cause I think after I get off this, I'm going to go over there and check it out myself um, and where you can grab her book as well as where you can follow her and follow her on the journeys. Cause I'm sure when you're going places and when you're signing books and things like that, that you're going to update all your social media to let people know where you're at. Yes. So guys be blessed. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of chats from the blog cabin bye bye chats from the blog cabin we not only have voices for a podcast but also faces for youtube
1: don't miss your next episode